Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers. Wednesday morning, halfway through the week. I'm bringing you something fun today. It's We're not going to mess around. And we're going to try to get it in on your drive to work. I got two guys. I got Roy. I got Donovan. They are fans. Well, I can see what they're fans of. You guys can't see it, uh, but you're only going to hear it. I think they're Giants, no, Dodgers. Oh, I, they'll tell you who they're fans of. But, boys, how are you doing this morning? How's things going? Uh, doing great, Bill. Thanks for having us on. Fantastic. Been, on your morning drive, hey, watch out for that. It was really bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So, so uh, Roy, tell me, you guys are – you're definitely not Dodger fans. You know, tell me who you guys are fans of. Now we're Padres fans. We're yeah. both born and raised San Diego. We've been Padres fans yeah, as long as as long as we can remember. Um, and a few years ago, well, about five years ago, we we connected and we uh, Donovan started a podcast and then he pulled me into it. And we've been doing this thing for about five years now, like yeah. two hundred and twenty some episodes now. Congratulations, boys! I running a podcast myself. I know what kind of feat that is. Hats off to you guys because it's it's no messing around. It's no mess around. It, it helps to not have kids, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Don, I'm Donovan, and uh, you know, native San Diego Padres are my team. I love baseball players, so I love Major League Baseball, and I will quietly love other players and other teams, but never really in public. Um, but being a San Diego, it's been just a tough sports life. Like it's like even Philadelphia fans are like, dude, it sucks to be you, man. I'm like, yeah, it, it really does. Well, when we get to one of these questions, I can guarantee you the three of us will all agree on one thing, you know, and for those of you listening, we got two Padre fans and one Dodger fan on. So I guarantee you that we will get to that. And you kind of covered my last question, but my next question, but maybe Donovan, you can start with telling me, maybe give me an experience of how you became a Padre fan besides for just growing up there and saying, hey, that's this is my hood. Well, you know, growing up, growing up, and this is my hood. Uh, it's, it's. I'm, I am the guy who roots for the home team. I, I uh, it's funny. I was talking to a, a fan today at work, and he's from Philadelphia, and he's a Phillies fan, and he's an Eagles fan. But his son is a Giants, is a, is a, is a Forty Nine er fan, and his other son is a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm like, what? What is that? Why are they that San happens. Diego fans? Are like, because they grew, they went with the quarterbacks. I am. Um, I root for the hometown team, how no matter how bad they are. And all the San Diego teams have been pretty bad my whole life. Um, ever since, you know, uh, as a kid, we were just, we always went to Padres games. And as I got older, um, my heart can only be broken one season, once a year. So baseball is my sport. So I kind of dropped the Chargers. I'm a, I was a bandwagon at least, maybe a lazy Sunday guy, Charger football fan. But I live and breathe by uh, the Padres. There you go. I love it. I love it. Um, I understand the hometown thing. I grew up in Orange County, but there's a whole story I'll tell you guys about how I became a Dodger fan some other time. Um, Roy, uh, same thing. I mean, besides for it being your hometown crew, how did you become a Padre fan? Well, so I was born in 1979. So I was five years old when the Padres went to the World Series in 84. Mm -hmm. So one of my first memories is being at my next door neighbor's house, watching baseball on TV and learning that the Padres were going to the World Series. And I didn't really know what that meant. All I knew was that it was a big deal and everybody was excited about it. Uh, my sister played softball. My dad was a little league umpire. And then at a period of time in the 80s, my dad actually had a job working at Jack Murphy Stadium. He was working in one of the burger stands. And so he could get me and my sister tickets 
So we would go and sit in the cheap seats and she'd call out her softball cheers and I'd be sitting next to her screaming our heads off. So, you know, those are the formative memories that stick with you for a lifetime. They do. They do. Absolutely. I, that's my favorite question to ask anybody on a, on a first podcast, because it always comes down to something related to family where it's something that's ingrained in your, your memory. And, and I, I try to explain to people why, you know, football, basketball, all, all sports have their place, but baseball's unique in the sense that the three of us could have the day where everything we touch turned to rust, could have a terrible day, but we can meet up at Petco and everything goes away for three hours or well now with the pitch clock, everything goes away for 42 and a half minutes. But I mean, eh. We can meet up there. We can go to a social tap or some other place and hang out afterwards, grab a burger or something like that. But it goes away and it's and it's fun like that. So I like that. I like that, boys. All right. Here's where we're going to agree. Um, Roy, start me out. Favorite player. Uh, let's go favorite player currently and favorite player of all time. Um, they don't have to be Padres, but there's plenty of Padres there. I am my favorite player currently is Fernando Tatis Jr. I've never seen somebody so electric and exciting as him. Um, and with our podcast, Fighters on the Farm, we focus on the minor league side of the Padres. So we've gotten to follow his career since the day he showed up uh, in the Padres organization. So watching his rise and then becoming the guy that he is, I mean, on the field, off the field, he's just so fun to watch. And then I'll take the easy one all time. I mean, Tony Gwynn just is San Diego sports. Um, I never had the opportunity to meet the man, um, but, you know, I mean, your your throat gets a little bit tight when you even start talking about it if you grew up here. I proposed to my wife in front of the Tony Gwynn statue. Um, you know, it's just one of the one of the all-time great players, but the people that he interacted with throughout his life, I've never heard a bad thing about the guy. He really is, was a world-class individual and a proud representative of the city of San Diego. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you forgot real quick, Roy, that his uh, his wife married you and Angela. Yes, his wife is a, is an ordained pastor, and yeah. she performed my sister's wedding, and then many years later, she performed my wedding. Uh, you yeah. know, I yeah. Was Tony there? Like, if Tony was no. there, would have been awesome. <laughs> no, okay, so Tony was still with us when my sister got married, and he was going to attend, but he had to go do a playoff game. He was doing TV at the time for ESPN. He had to go do a playoff game. I think it was in Baltimore. Um, but unfortunately, he'd passed uh, by the time my wife and I met and later later on got married. Okay, so if he would have shown up to your wedding, you would have had different questions for him than, hey, you know, tell me about your <laughs> lifetime dating average or something like right. that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That I can't even different... imagine uh donovan talk to me about your favorite players current player and all time well god you know i you, you stole the thunder roy and you know the current player and, and i love them both for different reasons um baseball is a, a game played by children played by kids even i i play in rec leagues and i feel like a kid when i'm out there you know, at 55 years old i'm not running around i'm more like hobbling um i'm having fun it, it's a game about youth about having fun, enjoying the competition, enjoying the uh, uh, just the grind of the game. Uh, and and for that, 
no one really does that more than Fernando Tatis Jr. You could say a Juan Soto can do the same thing with, with the childlike kind of um, aura and attitude and, and kind of persona, but they all have just having fun. And to be that talented and have that much fun uh, is, is something to behold to see. I love a lot of other ball players, but really the the antithesis of um, of the modern ball player is in a Fernando Tatis Jr. And, and I hear the fans saying. Oh, but the PD, you know, the, the, the all the off-field stuff and all that kind of stuff, that that goes by the wayside when it's just about pure joy of the game. Yeah. Now, when it comes to all-time favorite player, I I go between like Ted Williams, absolute pure, pure hitter, wasn't liked by the media, wasn't a darling like 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 other players were of his time, your Joe DiMaggio's, your your Mickey Mantles, uh, was just it was a science to him, and I kind of the reason why I love Tony Gwynn is the same way. He did have that childlike fun, all oh, shucks kind of laugh, and his laugh is very infectious. Um, but it's the science of the game. It's the terror of the craft. It's the the attention to detail in. You couldn't have found a more humbling guy in in Tony Gwynn Jr. Um, I'll tell you if I can't real quick story. Uh, my brother worked for a local hotel, and uh, he did the Hall of Hall of Champions dinner every every year as audiovisual. And he knew Tony was going to be there. And he had an old school Tony poster of him on a beach setting in shorts and a like a Hawaiian shirt and a ball glove with a palm tree. And he and hated the shirt. He hated it. He showed Tony the the. The uh, the poster, and he's like, oh, man, I'm not going to sign that. Later on, he found his wife, Alicia, and, and showed her the, oh, my God, look at Tony's legs. Tony. And Tony was about 50, 50 yards away, and he kind of turns his head, and my brother's like, yeah, you know, you he, he saw him kind of like, well, I got to go. Uh, had him come over and sign that poster. Um, and just the humility uh, from, from a player, uh, I think, is um, – it's something to behold, really. You, you don't find that in players. And I. so here's where we can agree. So first of all, I think if we're going to give biggest guts award out, Fernando Tatis, when he starts, like when they boo him in the Bronx and he's like serenading them, yeah. good luck on getting on that bus. Okay. I hope nobody sees you. Like when I saw that, I'm like, you go, Fernando. That God bless you. You're in the Bronx. Just remember where you're at. But my all-time favorite player wore the same number with my team as he did with your team. He wore number six, six. and he played first base. And so I, I'm just a few years older than you, Ray. Not very many. But when I was impressionable, the Dodgers had won the World Series. And when I was in T-ball, um, I was on the Dodgers. And I was hoping that we had numbers, but we didn't have numbers. And I asked for number six if we did. And, of course, you know, they were just T-shirts here in T-ball, right? But Steve Garvey, uh, or Senator Garvey, whatever we want to call him these days, right? <laughs> I mean, well, however that's going to work out. I think he's about 15 years past when he should have done that. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, you know, good for you. Um, but uh, Steve Garvey was my all-time favorite player. And I love seeing the love that he gets down in San Diego. And so... And that home run where he's running around with his, his fist up and you yeah. see his big Popeye forearms. I mean, that, you know, that that was a shot. Uh, 
opposite field shot. Yeah. That was ridiculous. And so I was impressed with him, you know, doing that. And I and I hated it because I wanted him to still be a daughter. What can I say? So, well, that, that moment put the San Diego Padres on the national map. Up until that yeah, point, they did. were kind of the doormat of the National League. Well, and if you can remember, too, and Donovan, correct my history, but the Padres are down two to nothing in a best of five series then. Yeah. And they won the next three games in San Diego. Um, and, you know, guys like Ron Say, who were playing third base for the Cubs at the time, you know, Steve Garvey's infield mate for so many years were the Penguin. a little bit in shock of what happened in San Diego. So, you know, it, it, but yeah, I, I, you know, players are players. You got to love them. I would, you know, Tony Gwynn, again, when I was impressionable, Dodgers are my favorite team. It was Steve Garvey. But you have, you can't argue Tony Gwynn. You can't argue. There's a tremendous amount of players that are, are from the 80s that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that are fantastic. Garvey's one of them. And, you know, so we're, we're still arguing on whether or not Clemens and Bonds are going to get it. So, I mean, now, Fernando Tatis, I will tell you, in the 2022 run that you guys had, he must have felt so lucky when the Padres got eliminated because had the Padres won that championship series against Philadelphia and then won the World Series, can you imagine what the Padre brass would have been like and saying, hey, we got here without you. Right. We, we got here without you. So we beat the Dodgers. We beat the Phillies. We got. We can ship you off to New York and not have a problem. <laughs> I think, I, I think there was only one Padre in all of San Diego that was very happy the Padres lost to the Phillies that year. That's probably it. <laughs> Convince me I'm wrong, boys. Well, they they added Juan Soto and then Xander Bogarts and yeah. and all the pitching and then look what happened. Yeah, that's Oof. true. That's true. All right, so let's let's talk ballparks for a second, boys. Uh, Donovan, I think you're up first. Uh, what MLB ballparks have you been to? Well, I've been to, I've uh, been up to Dodger Stadium. I've been to, uh, I used to work for a hotel. We've been up to uh, San Francisco back when it was Pac Bell. Um, oh. Been over to, was that Bankman Ballpark? Uh, or was it over up in Peoria for spring training? And then we we drove down to uh, Phoenix and snuck into the Bob the year before or just before it was to open. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. Um, been to Yankee Stadium, been to Fenway. Uh, I've been to a lot more minor league parks than okay. major league parks. So the minor league parks, uh, Inland Empire, I've been to, we, we go up to Lake Elsinore a lot. I've did a little tour of Tennessee. I have uh, my brother, my dad live outside of Nashville. I've been to Nashville, been to Chattanooga, been to uh, Knoxville, been to uh, Rome, Georgia, was in Kodiak, Tennessee, where the double-A team for um, the Cubs play. Uh, right. And, yeah, yeah, that's those are all the bar parks I've been to. I, I love it. If you ever get up to Durham, let me know if they have a statue of Nukalusha up there. <laughs> I'd love to know if the Bulls, you know, Durham Bulls have a statue of Nukalusha or Crash Davis. I mean, Crash hit a lot of home runs, so maybe Crash got it, but who knows? I, I love it. it. Roy, what about you? Okay, so Petco, Dodger Stadium, uh, Angels, uh, Giants, Safeco. I love Safeco Park. It does not get enough 
acclaim. That is a beautiful ballpark. A lot of great fans. Uh, got to Phoenix last spring for the World Baseball Classic. Um, I've been to Houston, um, Wrigley, and the new, uh, whatever they call the new White Sox Stadium, Guaranteed Rate Field or whatever it's called. Um, I've been to uh, Baltimore, Camden Yards. Um, let's see, Philadelphia, we spoke about before we, uh, before we went live. I, I saw the Marlins play in Joe Robbie field before Marlins stadium opened up. Um, yeah, that was, that was a little bizarre being in a, in a stadium that can hold whatever 75,000 people. And there were maybe six or 8,000 people. Cause this was when the Marin, the Marlins, nope. And nobody went to see the Marlins and the Padres were in town and both teams were awful. And it was like a Wednesday afternoon game. Um, that's a pretty complete list. I might be missing one or two, but the the one here in my background is Parkview Field in Fort Wayne, ten, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, the uh, the high A affiliate of the San Diego Padres. And of you know, I've I have I've had more fun going around minor league ballparks and the big league ballparks. You get the the flash and oh hey, there's the the historic stuff. You go to Camden, they got the cool little brass markers where the home run balls went. But you go to a, a nice full packed minor league ballpark and it's a whole different feel and I, yeah. I i i love that well it's it's a different feel because those guys are trying to make it sometimes you see you see the guys that um they can't have a bad day down there especially in high a or even double a they're not trying to have that you know we talked about fernando tatis fernando tatis is driving to the ballpark his wife calls him and says you know hey junior slipped and cut his cut his chin open he's going to need stitches like all of a sudden fernando's got his head in that and not in the game because he can afford to kind of have an off day when you're right. when you're minor league baseball you're diving for balls you're you're doing your hitting right you're executing everything you're trying to make every pitch perfect because you want the next call up which is great yeah i i love but there's that. also all the there's also the game outside the line the, uh-huh. the circus that, that they put on, the show that they put on. Uh, you were talking about your your friend that performs as Balapeno down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the wacky things that they do in between innings and the promotions they have and the different food that they have and all that. And it's just, it's so much fun. And, and you can bring a whole family for the price of one major league ticket. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, yeah. And I, you know, you guys mentioned some good ballparks and I, Again, baseball is fun at any level. I mean, the 66ers are a good example in Inland Empire. Uh, you can go there, you can get a decent ticket. And yeah, I mean, it's it's great. We're, you know, we have some conversations with, we have conversations right now with five different minor league teams on, on corporate sponsorships. And so, um, and they all do things differently. And it's all so much fun in what they're trying to get accomplished. They're really trying to win. Um, it's a different story. So I, I love that. I love that. All right, boys. So give me, uh, uh, Roy, give me a, give me an outlook and then I'll let Donovan give me an outlook, but give me an outlook on the 2024 Padres season. You guys have, I personally, I love that Juan Soto trade. Okay. Because you probably no disrespect to you fellas, but you probably weren't going to resign him. Um, and you got what you needed. You got pitching, and you got good pitching, young pitching. But that I'm not gonna steal thunder. Roy, tell me, give me a, a one to two minute. Here's 2024. If you're not a Padres fan, 
Well, so last year this time, we were all just starstruck by the the flash at the top of the order. And we're all excited about those guys are going to carry this team and they're going to do amazing things. The expectations were a mile high. And so now I feel like we've kind of all got that off, you know, with the disappointment that, that came last year. So now there's a new manager, Mike Schilt. There's some changes with the coaching staff. They still have some work to do about the outfield. What are they going to do at first base? I think they're going to add some pitching still. But once that's all done, how are we going to see this team come together as a team? How are they going to – what are they going to do in those situations where you've got runners on late in the game? Is Are we going to see a different approach? Are we going to see – you know, it was just such a frustrating season last year. They The run differential was so high. There were all these things that normally would exist in a very good team, and for whatever reason, they just – absolutely could not get it done um and for a while you kind of saw that in the body language of the guys out on the field and yeah. so i i'm hoping i'm i'm curious to see how that changes how the whole attitude the philosophy the the culture whatever changes um now i think back to so we talked about 84 a little bit but the padres also went to the world series in 1998 in 1996 the padres won the national league west they had a really good team 1997 they were awful. I think they might have finished last in the division. And then in 98, they showed up again and great things happened. And, and you talk to, we, you have a chance to, they bring those guys back. They're on the radio all the time. And they talk about that clubhouse and there were like, everybody appreciated each other. Everybody, you know, all these cliches that, that good teams say about what happens in the dugout in the clubhouse. And I'm really hoping to see some of that this year. So got to be optimistic with the talent that's on the roster. Now it's just a matter of seeing them get it done. Get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you you mentioned, Roy and Donovan, I, I, I'll I give you the same question in a second. But there's teams right now, and I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention the two big ones on both coasts, the Dodgers and the Yankees. They are in a lot of trouble. And I remember, guys, I bleed blue, but they're in a lot of trouble because the game has gotten faster, not with the advent of the pitch clock, but if you look at what happened with Philadelphia and Arizona, the last yeah. two games of the season uh, of that championship series, Philadelphia, one stolen base in game six to, to Arizona's four. Game seven, Arizona, four stolen bases, Philly, nothing, right? If you're going to try to hit the five-run home run every at-bat, you are going to lose a lot of games. You have got to learn how to get them on, get them over, get them in. 80s style of baseball, right? I mean, Donovan, you remember what happens when a guy named Ricky Henderson would walk? Right. He's, it's, it's a triple. Yeah. He's on by, third by base. By the five fourth pitches. pitch, after right. that, he's on third base. And then the next guy hits a fly ball to center field and you're down one nothing. And so we're seeing that again. And that's where teams like the Dodgers and Yankees. They're, they're sure you guys had murderous row last year. Now we have it, but if we can't figure out how to execute a bunt or how to move a runner over, you know, Dodgers are going to have a very long winter this winter. Yeah. So Donovan, your thoughts on the 2024 Padres. Well, you know, it, it's funny now that they have expanded the playoffs uh, teams, like <clears throat> you can be all, you can be angry as you want the Dodgers for spending all that money. And it looks great. And that is a bulletproof lineup uh, and a bulletproof roster. But last year, last year and the year before both those teams that won the world series, I believe they were wild cards. Pretty sure yeah. Texas was, 
And yeah. then uh, who won the year before? Was it the Phillies that won the year before? Like no, as long it was, as you uh, get the Astros. You're right, you're Astros. Um, and I think they did win the West. But a lot of the teams that go deeper in the playoffs don't win their division. Mm-hmm. Um, we knocked out, you know, the 22, and we're going to hang on 22 until another 98 shows up. Um, <laughs> and we knocked out two 100 win teams. So if we get to the playoffs and we're shooting for a wild card spot. Um, yeah. always the division's the goal and the World Series championship is the goal, obviously, but the expectations are on the national level and kind of on the local level are if we get to the wild card, anything can happen in the playoffs. Whoever gets hot in the playoffs, and you saw that with with um with Arizona, absolutely with Arizona. They were supposed to be good next year into 25. They were supposed to be that good this year, and that's kind of what happens. Um just what kind of happens in baseball. That's the beauty of baseball. Like it, it, you never know. And so they say a, a year like last year couldn't happen again this year in 24. Um, but look what happened in 21. You know, we, we, and in 22, we went through a, a large losing streak. And in 21 was, it was another season where we should have done well, but we just couldn't put it together. So yeah. for me, it's going to be, you know, about eight, 10 games over 500, going to sneak into the wild card. Um, there is a lot to work to be done. And I think as Padre fans, we get so, we're so used to now going out and getting the big name, rather working his magic and trading these guys off. Well, now there's a constraint on the payroll. There's a constraint on, on spending. Um, and that's where I think Prowler does his best work. And I think fans really forget that, that he, He's going to trade a bucket of balls and, and and the 26th man on the roster, and he's going to get a number five starter, or he's going to get a solid left fielder for the team. Um, and hopefully we're going to see some guys that we've had on our podcast a couple of times. And yeah, uh, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, there's there. And there's several of those guys that are, are on the bubble uh, on the, on the field side and in the pitching side where they could easily, uh, you don't have to stretch that hard to see them being a September call-up or even a, a after an All-Star break injury guy and 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 producing. Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll be honest. And I, you guys can listen to, I, I probably said this 30 times, but I've said this on our podcast. You can listen to, to a number of them. I said, if you can build a team around a guy like Justin Pedroia, Hansong Kim, and Jake Cronenworth, you are going to win a lot of ball games. Yeah. Because those guys just go out and they just give you everything they have. You don't need Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Bet. Like you need the guys that are going to give you everything, right? And you know, give me a team with David Wright, Dustin Pedroia, Hansung Kim, and Jake Cronenworth in the infield, and I guarantee you we're going to the playoffs. Guarantee it. There's not a question in my mind. And so, you know, there was a stretch late in the season where the Padres all of a sudden caught fire. And it mm-hmm. wasn't because Tatis and Machado were hitting well. It was because it was Edgar Rosario and Matthew Batten and Jose Zocar and these guys that were coming in hungry. to fill the voids. And next thing you know, these guys are hungry and they're winning. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it and baseball's a long season. The only the only season that I can remember in my lifetime, and actually in all three of our lifetimes where you couldn't go on a losing streak was 2020. Yeah. Recovery. 60 games, you can't go on a nine-game losing streak because you can't recover from that. <clears throat> but in 162 games, you can go on a 15-game losing streak and recover from it. It doesn't matter, right? And so, um, so yeah, I love the analysis. Um, 
All right, boys, we can do this all morning, but there are people driving to work that I'm sure are sitting in their car saying, fellas, shut up so I can get in to work. You're going to make me late. So <laughs> we'll stay on and we'll chat once we're done. But Donovan, can you do me a favor? I know you guys do a podcast. Can you give us a 30 to 45 second kind of commercial and let people know where they can find you? Because you fellas are amazing. And I just want people to know where you're at. So our, our podcast, Fires in the Front, can be found on Spotify, can be found on Google Play, on Apple, on iHeartRadio. We cover the Padres minor league system, all levels of it, and uh, all major news affecting minor league baseball. So when there was talk of so when there was talk of, of, of pay, we had people that talked about that. Um, we have interviews with players. Uh, we will, during the season, we do uh, three strikes for every every level of of the team you can find us on instagram on youtube now we're doing youtube now uh, on all places you can find our podcast okay and it so and friars on the farm yeah friars on the farm so everybody that's listening i found them on instagram and i sent them a private dm and said hey fellas will you come join my podcast reach out to these guys ask them questions i'm sure their agent will get with my agent and get me on their show with something. No, I'm teasing. But, I, you know, these guys are great. We're going to tag them this morning. So make sure that you go and you find um, them on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and subscribe to what they're doing. Because the, the real – we all have a passion for MLB. Yeah. The real passion is down on the farm, though. When you're when you're paying attention to the farm or NC2A, that's where your real passion's at. So, um, boys, can we get you on again another time? Can we do this again? Yeah, anytime, anytime. Yeah. Hit us up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fellas, I'm, stick around for a second. I'm going to wrap up. Top Fan Rivalry followers. Again, friends, Ray and, and Donovan, I'm grateful that they're on for the first time. I'm grateful that please follow Friars on the Farm. Follow them on everything you have. And enjoy your Wednesday all. I'm sure we'll have a fun conversation about the Hall of Fame at some point. So we appreciate your time. Fellas, I'll talk to you in one second.